The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, this is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. <laughs> had an interesting movie discussion there during the break. Uh, apparently the, the the poll question for the movie show this week is your least favorite actor or what is it uh, actor that you hate that everybody else likes? Is no, it's it's your least favorite actor actress either current or past. Okay. All right. And is that based on how you're supposed to uh, make that evaluation based on how good an actor they are or, or what? I mean because, it's completely subjective. Yeah, whatever you want to do. Uh, okay. All right. All right, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, he writes for The Athletic. He's our good friend, Sam Amick, with us here on The Big Show. What's up, Sam? Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, uh, Merry Christmas to you. How How's the holiday so far? Holiday was good. I appreciate it. Um, you know, a different look with the similar landscape as far as staying put and changing the normal routine and rhythms, but we uh, snuck off to the snow the other day, which was a nice little getaway, so no complaints. Uh, did the boys uh, get what they wanted for Christmas, Sam? Uh, I'm I'm kind of ashamed, Gordon, to admit that question or answer that question truthfully um, because of kind of the, the admittedly uh, gross, uh, gross rather commercialism happening at the moment. Um, as we speak for uh, for our weekly visit here, I've got no fewer than like five windows open on my screen, still trying to actually buy their <laughs> Christmas present, which is the um, the elusive PS5 oh, that we have not yes. gotten our hands on. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, cool. so, we, I'm playing that game. We do have basketball questions for you, but uh, real quick, because you mentioned uh, vacation, you're headed out to to play in the snow. As you know, we are very passionate about our, our snow related recreation out here. What's what's your go to? You a snowmobile, snowboarder, downhill, cross country, or just chill in the lodge? What's your go to? I mean, in normal times, I, I like skiing. Uh, I could never get into snowboarding. I did it once, and honestly, the, the forward falls that make you feel like you're going to break your wrist every time kind of <laughs> spooked me. And and uh, and I grew up water skiing, and so I was kind of a natural segue into snow skiing. So you know, a downhill guy that doesn't have much game, but but can you know, I can be uh, capable and have a good time. This was different. Just we honestly we couldn't have played it any safer as far as. We just went and found snow and and went for a hike. It wasn't the normal uh, trip, you know. Even even the resorts that are open are kind of anxiety inducing because you look out there and as people are jumping on the chairlift together and everything. So we're we're gonna just let everything pass before we get back to that. So uh, Sam, uh, since we uh, have you on to talk basketball, let me ask you a really general question to start off with and then we'll get a little more specific but uh what are your early impressions of what you've seen this season thus far i mean a lot of them um trying to actually put a kind of a column together right now looking at some of them um i'm, I'm admittedly you know pretty fixated on the james Harden situation but not only the question of what's going to happen there and, and is he, is he going to get traded but i find it really interesting how i think part of what i'm going to write is that James Harden in the early season is, is almost kind of acting like a human truth serum 
for a lot of teams, meaning that he's forcing all these teams that might be tempted to put an offer on the table to really look at themselves honestly and, and ask themselves, you know, how do I feel about where we're at legitimately in relation to the other contenders? And does that or does that not compel me to go out and, and get a guy like James Harden? Because say what you will about him, he's a pretty special talent. So, to me, I mean, the list is really long. Even the teams that aren't on his personal list, like to me, if you look at Denver, you know, Denver um, has a, a really nice win last night over Houston, ironically, and they kind of get some of their identity back. So, okay, that team is feeling a little better after a tough start. You know, Philly um, is another one that's in the Harden sweepstakes. And, you know, Ben Simmons is the guy they're holding on to, you know, instead of going out and getting Harden. But when Ben can't really carry the team when Joel Embiid is out the other night against Cleveland, I think it was, then does that make Philly look at itself differently? And the list keeps going. Portland has a nice win against the Lakers, you know, probably feels better and less tempted to do anything Harden-related going forward because of that. So, it is that kind of year where the overreactions are, you know, impossible to avoid. And that's not just the media. That's these teams trying to figure out who they are. Staying on the Rockets for a second, uh, can you t- what can you tell us about Tillman Fertitta? I mean, I've obviously made some judgments from afar, but uh, you've been connected, writing stories about that franchise as a, as a new owner. What's, what's he been like? Um, I mean, not great, you know, to be honest with you. He's, um, he's coming pretty – pretty brazen and, and you know like a lot of owners who they they've been really successful in whatever sector that they're in privately and they expect that to translate to the NBA world they they consistently learn the hard way that you know you can't speak things into existence um, you got to let good people do the job and so not only that I mean he's, he's kind of been up and down when it comes to the economic side, uh, I always thought that he, you know, misplayed things last year and within the last few years regarding Mike D'Antoni's contract extension talks and the idea of making a guy like D'Antoni have to go earn it when he's accomplished as much as he has in his career. He did the same thing with Eric Gordon on his contract. You know, he kind of tried to, to create contracts that were, you know, antithetical to the NBA ecosystem. And that is what people do when they're not experienced in the NBA. So now, you know, I don't know how they got here, but you clearly have not established the personal relationships necessary to to figure this thing out and to get it to a better place where you can calm a James Harden down and convince him that, hey, when John Wall and the Marcus Cousins are healthy and ready and available, that we could be okay. Um you know, I mean, losing Mike and Tony Daramori and Russell Westbrook in the span of about 45 days has obviously rocked the franchise. Yeah, I don't know if uh, the screws have been loosened on this season because of the pandemic and the effects of it and or, or what's going on. But when you look at the East, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Orlando Magic, the Indiana Pacers, and the Atlanta Hawks are all 3-0 and thus far. In the West, last night, the Blazers beat the Lakers to hand them their second loss of the season. Is this just is this just sort of a, a crazy scramble to start the season and it doesn't mean the darn thing? I mean, we'll see. You know, maybe um, the, the Cavs, I never thought I would say this, that like a weekend 
I'm looking at the schedule tonight going, all right, like, when do the Cavs play? Let me check them out, you know. Um, uh-huh. Like, that's one where it's like, can the Cavs be 4-0, you know. In my neck of the woods, the, the Kings beat Denver and then took care of Phoenix, and you're kind of going, oh, the Kings are 2-0. Um, you know, we're going to find out over time that some of it's real, some of it's not. And, you know, if I had to guess, the Atlanta thing, I think, is not real in terms of them being elite, but I think it's real in terms of them being pretty adequate um, and capable of beating a lot of teams in the East. Um, Brooklyn, you know, so far, even though they're just two and two, has shown me that they're special. And, uh, you know, now they lose Spencer Dinwiddie, we got to see how that looks after that injury. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the stuff that, you know, I'm trying to look at the standings here, the stuff that, uh, I, I don't know what to make of. I mean, Minnesota being two and one, I'm not going to buy that yet. You know, just yet, it's really early. But there's there's been some wackiness for sure. And I think the one thing we're probably, you know, overlooking, and, and I might write a little bit about this too, is just the logistics of traveling during the pandemic and what the routine that these guys are now a part of. You know, I think mentally is going to occasionally just result in like a, a stinker of a game. You know what I mean? Like a guy that's used to being able to go out the night before a game and, and you know, blow off some steam is now stuck in his hotel room watching Netflix because he wants to, you know, follow the rules and not get in trouble like the Rockets guys did. And does that put him in a different space? So there's going to be a weirdness all year long, but, you know, the obvious counter to that is that everybody, uh, everybody's got to deal with it. So we'll see, you know, how it comes out in the wash. How do you think it's going to go for Golden State this year, Sam? So far, uh, not good. You know what I mean? And, and it's they just can't. Um, they, they got so little margin for error, and so now losing Marquise Chris, which your listeners have probably never heard of, you know, he's a big who was leading their team and rebounding per minute, and that's just another blow. And we'll see. Um, you know, the only hope for something worth watching is when they get Draymond Green back at some point in the next week, you know, can Draymond come in and be special and captain the defense, help guide the offense. You know, he's not going to improve spacing at all when it comes to all the attention that Steph Curry is now getting and all the essentially boxing ones that are coming his way, but he can help with pushing the pace and playmaking and leadership and toughness and defense. And those are all things that matter a lot to this team right now. But, yeah, I mean, not a good look early on. I mean, you're happy for a young guy like Damian Lee to go out there and, and hit a game winner. Um, but you got to look at it in context and say, you know, if that's what you're celebrating at this point and in the fact that James Wiseman looks to be a pretty good young player that long-term is, is going to be a really nice piece, you know, that's a far cry from the type of stuff that we were used to talking about with the Warriors the past couple of years. One bit of good news, the way I see it, Sam, for the NBA, is the Jazz played the uh, OKC Thunder last night. And this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for the Thunder, but I don't know how you felt about it, Jake. But I was impressed by that team, the way they play, the way they hustle, they, they work hard, they play hard. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're one and one, but... I don't know. I just walked away thinking, okay, that team has a, has a chance to be better than I thought they were going to be just out of conscientiousness. Uh, does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, 
when they made all those, you know, moves in the summer, you know, got rid of Schroeder and you know, took on Horford. I don't know. We we keep assuming, excuse me, assuming that the Thunder are going to go away, and I think it's fair to assume that. Like, why, you know, why wouldn't they? They these guys aren't part of the culture, you know. Like Lou Dort is to an extent, but most of those guys aren't. And you know, who are we talking about here? I mean, again, we'll see if it can hold up. But you know, we're talking about Darius Baisley and George Hill is a a guy who's been traded 17 times in the past two months, <laughs> conceivably. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'm surprised. You know, I think it's probably, again, there's all these overreactions. If you're Utah, you got to feel like you, you should be able to handle business better than that. But, you know, they pull it out. But, you know, we'll see if, if OKC uh, has a little more fight than we thought. What's your take on the Clippers being down 50 at the half to the Mavs? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm all in on the anti-Paul George perspective, meaning it is a big deal. And it's not a big deal in terms of, okay, they're going to be a bad team. That would be obviously idiotic to say. Uh, but, you know, you, you go back in the in the history books, there's not a lot of NBA champions that ever took losses like that. I don't care who wasn't on the floor. And so considering that is the goal for them, you know, with with Kawhi Leonard coming up on a free agency, no, I don't think he's going anywhere. But he can be out of his contract this coming off season. Um, you know, Paul George just got an extension, but with a lot on the line, Ty Lue in his first year with this group, uh, that you just don't see champions take those kinds of losses. You know, in fact, um, there's a pretty good column on that from John Hollinger at our place, and, and John, of course, used to be in the Grizzlies front office. And John talked in the column about how Memphis, some years back, had a stretch of games where they lost by 30 to the Warriors and a couple other really bad losses. And in the end, it wasn't that big of a deal in terms of them turning it around, and I think they won 52 or 55 games that year. But his his underlying point was that that was a team that was pretty good. That was a team that was just fine getting to the first or second round of the playoffs. That's not who the Clippers are. Um, I, I think the psychology of the Clippers locker room continues to be so interesting because, you know, the guy who would have freaked out about this loss in terms of the media and the public messaging now plays for the Lakers and Montrose Harrell. He's the guy who panicked last year. Um, maybe panicked is too strong, but was really, really candid with the media early on when he told the media after a bad loss, you guys need to stop talking to us like we are a championship team. We have a lot to figure out. So he was brutally honest, and then you got Paul George coming out and saying, it's not that big of a deal. You know, and Paul's got a history of, of really trying to downplay stuff that looks concerning. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think chemistry-wise, like we've talked about with them forever, it's something to keep watching. Sam, uh, when you think of the Jazz, you think of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, and those are their star players for sure. And you got Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench and Boyan Bogdanovich who can shoot it. But Mike Conley uh, last night was one assist shy of a triple-double. He's averaging nearly 20 points in, in the three games thus far and like five or six assists and uh, over six rebounds. 
He really seems like he is the Mike Conley that we expected to see right off the bat here in Utah. If he plays like that all year long, would that have any effect on your prediction for how the Jazz will end up this year? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's um, something they didn't have consistently last year. You know, and you add in the fact that, listen, they, they pushed Denver so hard, you know, and obviously they fell short, but in that series where Donovan was so special and but you you know, you didn't have this kind of production from Conley, you didn't even have Bogdanovich at all. Um, yeah. If you combine Bojan being back and part of this, you know, and that scoring that they missed in the postseason with Mike Conley feeling like he doesn't feel weird anymore when he looks in the mirror and has that jazz jersey on. He's kinda of eventually getting out of that Memphis mindset, you know, and just figuring out these players and being more and more comfortable. Yeah, I think that's big, you know, and, and Jordan Clarkson with punch off the bench. You know, I think it's it's kind of an easy out because I'm not exactly going out on a limb here. But, yeah, I continue to think that Utah is, you know, it's one of those on any given night they're capable of beating everybody. It's everybody. I mean, I don't care if it's Lakers, Bucks, Clippers. They can beat anybody. It's just a matter of, you know, when it comes time, can they do it four out of seven games? Sam, thank you as always for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch up with you in the new year. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. It's our friend Sam Amick from uh, The Athletic with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Going to join us weekly, of course. Uh, again, uh, we kicked things off with Sam last week, and nice catching up with him, of course, uh, weekly. He's great. Still trying to find that uh, the gift for, for his sons. Uh, yeah, the you know, the PS the PS five was five? was pretty elusive, yeah. right? He has thirty seven windows open. He just updated. That's me. amazing. <laughs> yeah, is it worth that? I'll, I'll tell you this: I worked at uh, I worked at Sears in the electronics department when the PS two came out. So this dates me a little bit. Nineteen eighty two. But I will tell you this: the, the phone rang constantly, and you know how tired of of uh, that I got of saying, "No, we don't have it. No, we don't have it." No, we don't have it. And then you get the, well, when are you going to have it? I don't know. Maybe never. Who knows? No, we don't have <laughs> Maybe it. Maybe never. No, we don't have it. Because they, they, I don't know why, but they, they'd ship them out two at a time. Was this when you and Lloyd worked there together? Mm-hmm. You should have said, uh, yes, we have it. I'll leave it with a man named Lloyd Cole. Meet him in men's department you know what? I, at 3 I, o'clock. I really should have done something like that. Like, you know what? Let me, let me transfer you to our, our PS2 specialist, Lloyd Cole. Hold on. <laughs> And Lloyd, Lloyd was in uh, Lloyd was in sporting goods at the time, so that would have that would have come as quite the surprise <laughs> to him. Oh, I'd be miserable. Uh, it were, was, you picking, it, were you picking on Lloyd back then too? Uh, well, everybody picks on Lloyd, yeah. But but it's I guess the point is never underestimate the the parents' dedication to getting what their kids want for Christmas because I, I saw that first person, and, and parents are very, very dedicated people. Yeah, remember the Cabbage Patch Kid back in the day? People were literally beating each other in the store over him. Well, what's funny is, is like, the people, well, let's say we did have the PA, we got a, you know, two or three of them in, and somebody would call, and I'd say, yeah, we got one. And they say, oh, can you put it away for me? No, no. <laughs> you, you probably ought to, ought to get down here in, like, the next, I don't know, three, four minutes. And, why, uh, couldn't you, why couldn't you do that? That's not fair. That's not fair. Well, someone calling in saying, hey, how about a little favor? I'm on my way down. You, you could have done that. 
What if someone had just already arrived in that store and 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 they didn't call so well, they can't get it? Here, here I'll tell well, you this. They, first, they, they didn't call, yeah. First of all, that wasn't uh, company policy. But second of all, do you know how many people when I was selling electronics would be like, hey, man, I'm just going to go out and uh, hit the ATM and I'll be right in here to buy this. And then you never then saw them ever up. again. You know how many times that happens? I mean, all the time. So for somebody who's like, hey, bud, can you do me a solid and set that aside? No, because there's somebody standing in front of me right now with a fistful of cash <laughs> that's going to buy that thing. That's what you should have done for $1,000. I'll set it aside. <laughs> but you were mean back then, too. I'm not mean now. What are you talking about? Yeah. You're mean to the customers. You know, you took oh, I was nice pleasure to the in customer. telling them no. Yeah. You what are. else? Real, real quick, what else was really hot this year that was tough to get a hold of? Oh, I don't. Other know. than that, I have no idea. Do, do you know Austin? No, I don't. I'll tell you this about work in retail: they they would tell the associates that they had to be sticklers for the rules. I mean, like, hey, if you bend on this one iota, you know, pack your stuff, you're out of here. And then the moment the customer said, "Well, I'd like to talk to your manager about this," and the manager would go, "Oh." Whatever I could, you know, we had to to exchange phones, and people would bring in phones from like the seventies, and be like, "Oh, this stopped working. I, I got to exchange it." And I have to be like, "No, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what this is. Like, the, is this a phone? It's it's got like a, a funnel coming off it, and you have to turn the crank. You know, like I'm not returning this." And they go, "Well, let me talk to your manager. I I, I bought this like last month." And then the man the manager would come over and be like, "Oh, whatever. Here, we'll take it. Can we give you take another two one? Phones. There you go. Just go." out happy and then as soon as the customer leaves and you're giving them the dirty look and be like now you hey that, that was the one exception we don't do that we don't return those for those types of phones around here we're just doing this this one time to keep this customer happy be like oh great so you just uh, you know humiliated me in public uh, uh you know for nothing terrific so i gotta How enforce this if, again jake if i had known you back then and i had said to you here let me give you this money for this particular game system, and I gave you the money, could you have then, as soon as you saw it in the store, pulled it aside for me? No. That that would not be company policy, no. Even if, even if I gave you the money? So you're bribing me to set one of no, these things aside no, no, for I'm you. No, giving, no, I'm giving you the money to pay for it. Essentially reserving. Pre-sale. Yeah. No, they didn't yeah. do that at the time. Mm -mm. And you wouldn't have done that? I couldn't have done that. I don't no, think they're no. doing that with the PS5. Yeah, how would, I, how would I ring that into the register? Under, you know, I give you my credit card or something, and you, you just put it through for me. No, that wasn't a thing. I don't know if that's oh. a thing now. I kind of don't think so. I don't think you should be giving people your credit card number in perpetuity. <laughs> Especially that, Jake. Just hoping that the product comes in and they just have your credit card number written down. No, I would have trusted Jake to, to handle oh, that. That's a mistake. Been... Yeah, no, they didn't do that. I don't think they did it with the PS5 either. Thus, Sam has 37 uh, different <laughs> windows open <laughs> trying to land so, that so, thing. So, in other words, you got to hang out at the store as soon as it comes in. You just got to be there. You got to be there, man. You got to work for it. A little bit of luck involved. <laughs> oh, it's got to be easier now, though, that uh, there's an online option, I would guess. But then again, uh, you just uh, look online left and right, and it's people complaining about they can't find the PS5. How much do those things cost, by the way? Uh, five hundred dollars, I think. Yeah, imagine having a product so in demand that that people are running over grandmas to give you five hundred bucks. Okay, so 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 last question in this regard: What are the other game systems that are so uh, so in demand right now? Do you know? Uh, well, there's the uh, the Dreamcast. 
That's big. <laughs> Is that a joke? Yeah, that's a joke. Sega hasn't been a, okay. been a thing for a while. I don't know. I don't know anything about that stuff. My wife got some of my grandkids uh, a couple of uh, those. Is it a Nintendo Switch? Is that what it's called? Probably. No, you're not funny. <laughs> what was that from? All right, uh, stay tuned. We've got more coming up next. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, it is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sorry, Austin, who's this one go out to? Jay Law Smith. That's a good song. Saturday night's all right for fun. You ever sing this in the shower, Gordon? No, I haven't, but I I loved this song when I was in my early days. Your early days, like like when you were uh, like five? Like when I was in high school. And, you know, that part when the the drummer, man, it's really good stuff. I like it. Um, Gordon, let's uh, let's get into this Nick Saban thing here briefly. We've got uh, we've got Austin's list coming up at three fifty. Our friend Matt Williamson at four, Bowler at five. Uh, but Nick Saban uh, had a press conference, and uh, somebody called him Saban. Uh, I, be- I believe we have the audio of that. Austin, let's let's go ahead and play that. Hi, Saban. How do you think your defense will hold up against quarterback Ian Book? Hey, Saban. Uh, anywho, uh, this this gentleman by the name of uh, Rick Carl from WVTM13 uh, then uh, wrote this uh, crazy long Facebook post about why it's Coach Saban. Not Nick, not Saban, but Coach Saban. And uh, goes on to talk about it's a sign of respect. And then talk about how it's just reporters trying to appear as if they're on uh, equal footing uh, as uh, as Coach Saban, when they're uh, obviously not, um, he even uh, he even said this. Uh, he said, "I have had Coach Saban sit in my kitchen and in my living room. He stood on my front lawn and sat in my dinghy, in my house. <laughs> Nick Saban is always Coach Saban." He goes on. He says, "I have stood in Saban's living room, uh, the Saban's living room, kitchen and recruiting uh, recruiting room. I have stood on his front lawn to receive coaching wisdom. I have sat next to Miss Terry to watch her play the piano at the Saban house. He's always Coach Saban." This sounds like fanboy to me. I don't know anything about this uh, this dude, this Rick Carl. But uh, who is he to tell everyone else how to address the coach? Give me a break. But just because somebody calls him by his first name or addresses him some other way, that, that doesn't – how does he draw that conclusion that they're trying to put themselves on equal footing? That's the, that's the man's freaking name. That's his name. That's his handle. Uh, his Twitter handle says uh, TV sports anchor for four decades, news anchor for 12 months, 24 Emmys, my kids ATM, uh, real hair, went fishing with Nick Saban and Feinbaum once. Opinions are my own. 
<laughs> Just give me a break. Roll time. Does, does, does that make me a hypocrite for criticizing him for criticizing others? I don't know. If if Nick Saban wants to say call me Coach Saban, I'm fine. I don't I don't care whatever somebody wants to be called. It makes zero difference to me. I'll uh, I'll call you by it. Even uh, our boy uh, D Book or whatever Devin Booker wants to be called these days. <laughs> I, I I really don't care. But I I will tell you I prefer Hey Saban to Hey Nick. <laughs> or heaven forbid they use like a nickname like uh, Hey uh, N. I don't know what's Nick. Hey Sabe. Yeah, I, I, I just don't presume to be able to tell others how they should address the coach. Uh, it's yeah, this guy's obviously him, a bozo. Yeah, whatever you want to call him, call him. I mean, to call someone by their last name, uh, that seems maybe a tad bit. I, I mean, casual or if you want to say it disrespectful, but. Until the coach says, hey, don't call me that, then don't come into the rescue there, Rick. Because if you come to the rescue, then you're putting yourself on equal footing uh, by protecting the man who's a a full-grown adult who can protect himself. Well, it's pretty Uh, funny that he said, like, hey, you're putting yourself on the same level as Nick Saban. And then basically a little later on in the post, it was like, you know, I go fishing (laughs) with him. I'm stood in his... uh, I've played uh, piano I, with Miss know, Terry. We go, we we go out to dinner three, four times a week. I mean, we're just we're close. And did he say that in his house he's referred to as, as Coach, Coach Saban? I guess. Yeah. So his family members call him Coach. Uh, I guess. <laughs> That's I hope not. no. But uh, you know, uh, the other side too is obnoxious. I mean, Gordon, when you were working for the uh, the what the San Fernando Valley Daily Clipper, when you interviewed Magic Johnson, you, you didn't call him Buck. Hey, Buck, you didn't do that. No, I didn't. I called him Magic, but I, at no point did I feel like I needed to address somebody a certain way. Uh, because somebody else has an opinion about it, uh, you know, call him, call him coach if you want. Uh, I, I've always thought that was a little strange to call somebody coach because he's not your coach. He is a coach. He, he's the player's coach. You know, uh, you don't um, call him barkeep Tom. You just call him Tom. Barkeep Tom does sound like a pretty <laughs> rad name, but uh, <laughs> but uh, let's say you met. Uh, uh, Let's see, General Colin Powell. Okay. He's not your general, but you still call him general. Oh, I don't know. I've never talked with uh, Mr. Powell. I, general Powell, please. If I, if I, if I, if I was in regular conversation with him, I don't know if I would call him general. I might just call him uh, by his name. And if he uh, demanded you call him general, there's not a chance I'm going to call him general. Uh, general Colin Powell? <laughs> don't care. <laughs> if if someone tells me it's Doctor Smith, there's not a chance I'm ever calling him Doctor. Sorry, just, you, you're you're not you that might, important, fella. I you might not you might not call him anything. You might I'll call him something to handle it all. <laughs> that happened to me once with a coworker's parent. <laughs> a, a, a not a radio coworker. This was this was back in a, a, sure. a, a different day. But uh, I met her dad, and and uh, I was like, I can't even remember the last name. But it was like, hi there, Mr. Smith. How are you? Nice to finally meet you. It's Dr. Smith. Oh, oh really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. 
Was, no, he, a medical, was he a medical doctor? Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> he shouldn't be doing that. Uh, yeah, I guess he was a Unless medical doctor. Unless he cures cancer. I'm not calling him that. Which he didn't. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to get into his his area of practice because I don't really want to insult anybody. But let's let's just say he wasn't uh, uh, he wasn't doing brain surgery. And even if he had been, be, I don't know. It, it, the bottom line is here: if someone is a coach, you don't have to refer to him as coach. If they want to be referred to as coach, I'm more than happy to do it. But they right, need but to. But they need to say to. it. It's... Not some bozo TV guy who's like, "Well, show some respect." <laughs> well, and then talk about how he's been in your living room and you've gone fishing with him. But you'd call the, a, a general in the military general. We've interviewed the governor before. I said, "Governor." Um, was he on as the governor? It was at the road home. Right. So yeah. he's there in the capacity of being the governor. Yeah, but if I went to a dinner party at his if house I or were, something, If I governor. were listening to a game plan as a player of Coach Saban's, I would call him coach. But if I'm a reporter in the room and he says, you need to refer to me as, which is not what happened here, but if he said, you need to refer to me as Coach Saban, I'm calling him every other name I can you, think of. You mean if you bump into uh, Governor Herbert at a dance club, you're going to call him Gary? Yes, until well, he tells me it's Governor Herbert, and then I'll not call him anything. Jake, it's interesting that you bring it up. Cause Plus, I, he shut I, down I, the dance clubs. Sorry. I spent a good hour with the governor interviewing him, and I, I he never uh, insisted on me calling him governor, and I don't think I did. Yeah, honk that. That's a honk. But no, wait, what, did, but what, did, what just... did you call him? Not what did he ask, what did you call him? I don't recall. I just don't remember calling, saying, hey, Governor. Did you call I, him I, Gary? I Maybe. Thanks for a few minutes, Gary. No, you did not. I, I think I did. No. Jake, weren't you the one Please. a few weeks ago that said you're going to call everyone Governor? Governor? Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> oh. That's not, a, that's not a title as much as it is, like, isn't it a greeting? Like, hey, buddy. Governor? Hey, hey there, sport. Yeah, right. Maybe, maybe it has to do with something with the fact that, uh, that I'm old. And I, I don't uh, feel like I need to refer to someone by a title. I, I'm, I'm older than most of the people I interview. And it's, I don't know, I just don't feel like, does that mean I think I'm on equal footing even though I'm not? Yes. No, no it's just, uh, that's his name. Thanks for that's a few. his name. Thanks for a few minutes there, Gare Bear. Appreciate you sitting down with me. <laughs> I can't might, remember the last time. I, I, can't re- I, cannot, I literally cannot remember the last time I did an interview with someone where I used a title to refer to them. I'm sure you did with the governor. Uh, I would expect well, you to. I can't, I can't remember. Did you call but, him Herbie? Uh, <laughs> no. You call him just by his last name like this gal did with, uh, with Nick Saban? No, as I hey, said, Herbert. That's, that's, no, you said, hey, may, governor, like a normal that, human. That may, be, that may be a tad bit unprofessional, but... Uh, I, I, his name is Gary Herbert, and uh, I think you can call him that. You know, it's his it, name. Plus, doesn't Nick Saban probably call all of his players by just their last names? Why can't we call him by just his last name? It's good to see you, Herbie. Thanks for a few. <laughs> I, I think he was very he was very gracious with his time, and we had a good conversation. And uh, I've done that with numerous governors here in the state, and I've always. Uh, you call Norm Bengeter Normie? <laughs> no, that was that was probably before my time. But anyway, 
just my opinion. Your your guy, uh, Mikey Levitt. What was uh, your nickname was, for Olean Walker? I loved. I I, I spent a good number of uh, minutes uh, with uh, my, with Mike Levitt, and he's a, he was a big time sports fan. I imagine he still is, and really enjoyed my time with him. And I don't remember a whole lot of pretense like, "Hey, you got to call me this or that." That just wasn't part of the the demeanor. What up, Mikey L. G. Monson here. <laughs> Well, you don't have to get all familiar, but a name is a name. All right, stay tuned. We've got Austin's List coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Time for Austin's list here on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, number uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Our friend Matt Williamson will join us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But until then, our producer Austin Horton has an enemies list. Someplace you don't want to find yourself. <laughs> And uh, we keep adding people to it. And today, uh, who are we adding today, uh, Austin? Uh, you're already on the list, so I can't I, add you. True. But Is I there would. a reason you would? I mean, I asked for Syringa last hour. You did not. Yeah, and once this hour, and you still haven't heard Is he ignoring you again? Austin, yeah. Austin didn't say that to me. Austin's Pretty list today did. brought to you by Syringa Networks, home <laughs> to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st century Utah. Get started now. At SyringaNetworks.net. I thought that would be funny. See, some people just have to be asked to do everything. They won't just do it on their own. Hey, Austin, how about if uh, if you start insisting that we call you executive producer, Horton? Uh, no. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be a defensive back in that regard, if you, if you okay. get the, the yes. dress there. Uh, but uh, I am going to put people on the list today who, uh, A, are selling the ps5 for 500 dollars that's absolutely insane mostly because i don't believe the bloomberg report that says it costs 450 dollars to make a ps5 you're telling me they're only making 50 bucks a pop on those things Mm. not a chance uh also those who ask people the same question more than once in a press conference Um, I don't know, hypothetical example. Let's say your team was returning to a city for the first time mm-hmm. since uh, the pandemic uh, happened. And you the same question is asked three times in a row by three different people. And kudos to the subject for answering the question uniquely in three different ways. But that was the same question three times. You don't need to ask the same question three times. Okay. Hypothetical. Hypothetical, of course. Of course. Yeah. But the, the, the real people that are going on the list today are those who ruin it for everybody else. For example, okay. Alaska Airlines. I use Alaska when I fly, which is very rare. I like to go on Alaska I've Airlines. I've Alaska. Yeah. It's nice, yeah. And, and, you know, it's it's economical, but also I feel like I'm going to make it uh, where I'm headed. So they had free beer for a time. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't know yeah. that. But. You just had to whatever they partnered with, but yeah. Uh, but they are uh, starting a trend that I think is going to catch like wildfire across all the other airlines. Alaska Airlines is hereby announcing that they're going to stop allowing emotional support animals on flights. As of January 11th, there will not be any 
emotional support animals allowed on Alaska Airlines. Now, why, is that, why is that a good thing? Can I, no, wait, it's not. Can, oh. I, can I guess as to why they're doing this? Go ahead. Because people got really liberal with what they that's were saying. That's why they're, and that's who's going on the list. <laughs> oh, okay. I is the, 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 the madam and sirs out there who were carrying their uh, emotional support ponies yeah. as their carry-on <laughs> animal. Yeah, right. This is my emotional support There's actual support people badger. out there yeah. who need the dog or the cat as an emotional support to get through a flight without going crazy, and the other passengers are fine with it so that that other passenger is not going crazy and losing their mind, and <laughs> this is like, we're now, what's next? We're not going to let seeing eye dogs because other people are taking advantage of that and having seeing eye bats? The people that ruin it for everybody else are going on the list today okay. because this is a legitimate thing that has become a laughing stock. And I get why Alaska Airlines is doing this because you don't need an emotional support grizzly bear on an Alaska Airlines <laughs> yeah. flight. Yeah. <laughs> but you might need an emotional support golden retriever. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I've so, seen some of these stories. Yeah. But well, sucks yeah, to but, you. You got to walk or drive. Yeah, but wait a second. Do you think that people are faking it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's kind of judgy, isn't it? No. I don't care. Because well, you can you can fly your emotional support iguana, but it costs <laughs> you because it's an iguana. Yeah, but if, but you, if you if call you, it an emotional support iguana, you get to, you get it for but, free. But if you but if you keep it under the seat, uh, aren't you okay? You an iguana? It's going to just chill under the seat? <laughs> yeah. See, Gordon, you can you can convince people that sitting next to a dog on a flight is is tolerable, right? But nobody's right. going to sit next to an emotional support boa constrictor, which people have tried. <laughs> that's a real right. example. Yeah, that's is a real. Really? Yeah, I, that's I'm a real so, thing. I'm so aware of that. Yeah, a pony. This is my emotional support alpaca. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, and those people like, like even I guess if you do need that boa constrictor as emotional support, you've got to think about others in the process as well. So maybe you know your little chihuahua that fits under the seat is one thing, but you know you put an ostrich in line and say, "I'd like to get this on the." There on was the a woman who tried it with a hog. Yeah, she was. This just, is my emotional support hog. It was like oh, six hundred yeah, pounds. Well, yeah. Oh, really? A big one because pigs are, are pets. You want to sit next to a pig on uh, on a ten thirty red eye flight to Atlanta? <laughs> Those little cute ones are probably okay. The teacup pig? Yeah, but... Please. But not the wild <laughs> boar that's just going to be slaughtered when it yeah. gets to Seattle or wherever I, they're headed. No, I get it. If I'm sitting next to some strange animal on a plane, I'm going to be mad. So I understand so I was, why... I was why uh, but there Alaska are people Airlines. that need it, and Fair they're enough. not going right. to get it now, and so the people that ruined it for them, yeah. they're on yeah. the list. Okay. Uh, you're here. You're right on the money there. But I, it's hard to differentiate between... Those who really need it and those who might be abusing the system because I, some people really do need uh, need that support. So and limit it at a species. <laughs> you either get alpacas or you get dogs or you get uh, bighorn sheep. You don't get all of them. That's yeah, but what if you don't have – what if you have uh, a support animal that it doesn't fit into that species? Drive. Don't fly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> either, either, you that know. That bighorn sheep doesn't want to be on a flight either. <laughs> right. Either medicate yourself and get on the plane or drive. <laughs> Those are your options. Or stay home. What's the, what's the biggest animal people were trying to, you know, <laughs> to work the, on? The hog the is the biggest one I've seen. Oh, okay. And how big was it? How many pounds? It was under just under 600 pounds. I are you kidding me? This was three years ago, I think. A 600-pound hog? <laughs> <laughs> that would take up the whole row. 
Somebody had a, a, an emotional support duck. Uh, a plane passenger see. was kicked off a flight because her rowdy emotional support pig caused mayhem on board. <laughs> the woman was giving her marching orders after the havoc reeking hog began waking, walking up and down the aisles. Even attempts to strap the farmyard animal to an armrest failed. I'm looking. Austin wasn't kidding. I'm looking at a, a picture of an emotional support pony. What what happens when that pony goes to the bathroom? I mean, you just can't. You just can't. Oh, oh come on! Who tried to take a pony on a flight? I'm, I'm looking at multiple pictures. I'm Old McDonald. I'm looking at a picture of an emotional support turkey. That's so, so. And there, this now now someone who needs a support animal doesn't get it. Because old McDonald had the farmyard lined up on the tarmac. Uh, how about this one? Woman removed from flight to Cleveland with emotional support squirrel. Well, at least they're small inside. They're not. Uh, it's a rodent. You can have a squirrel getting loose on a plane. They have Are rabies. <laughs> this is my emotional support bee's nest. I'm just going to sit here next to me. You know, you bring up a good point, though. You know, people probably do have, uh, you know, pet. Pet, pet bears that they wanted to take with them up to Alaska. You know, I mean, get out in the natural habitat and roam around a little bit. This is our domesticated mountain lion, Fred. <laughs> I, I couldn't get through this flight without him. <laughs> Just no sudden movements. Everyone will be fine. I hope uh, they go on the flight well fed. You know, because you don't want to. You know, you don't want them to. You know, take a big bite out of the, the guy sitting in. 23e you know how you're sitting you if you get on the plane early and you know how you're sitting there and you're praying for not a full flight and maybe the seat next to you is going to be open and you're thinking oh come on and then you see the person pick your row and go yeah hey yeah. I'm, I'm sitting right there and there's that disappointment in your mind like oh dang it uh can you imagine if somebody marching a pony up the uh, the dern aisle all of a sudden stops <laughs> at your seat and says excuse me i th- i think we're in your row uh, I would I would lose my Starlight here mind. has that seat. <laughs> I would absolutely lose my mind. I would say absolutely what you, not. How, what do you do with a pony on a plane? I mean, I understand, that, but don't they have to fit a certain space? Where are you putting a pony? Well, good for Alaska Airlines putting an end to this madness. <laughs> absolute Shame madness. You, I would do the same thing. No, there are people who need it. Uh, well, they can drive. The Disabilities Act will eventually cover that, I yeah. hope, but this, for now. Yeah. All right, Matt Williamson is next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.